podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly view system deal. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or calls.com for details. Good evening and welcome to the midweek fix from the LFC Day Trippers. I'm your host, Keith Plunka, and I'm joined tonight by Gav, Grizz, and Peter Smith. How are you, lads? Gav, how's things? Great, um, great, yeah. Walking since early. Had the uh, long out shift. Yeah, I had the, the pre match show, which was great. Um, we had we'd Barry on, we had Kev on, we Chris on, and um, yeah, great chat before the game. Really enjoyed it. Excellent, and it's just something new that we're trying. Um, just to get more people involved. So if you are, you know, watching the shows, if you want to come on, the the link does be available. Just uh, send it in, and we'll we'll try and get as many people interacting as we can. That's what we want to be trying to do for the the rest of this season. Um, Grizz, how are you? All good, new good. setup and all. You're you're looking yeah. new man. Yeah, well, I didn't want you to give it away, but you've given it away now. I was oh, gonna. Well, they're gonna, they're gonna I was going to let the Two listeners know. What's the difference? There's something different about... They only think voice. you lost more weight. So it says, there's no yeah, point in sending yeah, them down exactly, that rabbit exactly. hole. You know, just give them a, give them a I'm better worried, steer. Man, I'm I'm, lost, I'm losing a lot of weight. I'm worried, man. Yeah, yeah. It's that's it. and, yeah, it's, it's a hard life, Chris. It's a hard it's life. It's a hard life, man. And Peter, how are you, my friend? Top of the form. Still alive, still awake after watching that dross, but it can't all be champagne stuff. Well, that's it. I'm going to come on to that. Um, we'll start off. Now we're here to review the Liverpool getting another three points in the Champions League with a, an unconvincing 2-0 win against Michelin. Gav, I'll come to you first. Um, the lineup when it came out, well, was, as everyone's aware now, the lineups are getting leaked well in advance these days. But were you happy to see that lineup? Did you think it was a risk? Was there anybody in the lineup that you were particularly worried about? Um, I go back to the show we done earlier and you know I tried to discuss with the lads about the midfield too I thought I don't know I, just, I, I wasn't comfortable with it I know Kev O'Sullivan that was on the show earlier I wasn't comfortable whatsoever with it um, simply because it's a midfield too and it's you're asking them to do a lot of running and as good as Milner is at being a professional, you know, really good professional and he'd walk his socks off, you you get beyond Milner and you're going to be exposed, you know. Um, the front four, I was surprised the Rigi played, I'm being honest with you. Um, I think he's so alien to what Liverpool are trying to do, it's it's untrue. And, you know, 
you've seen Shakiri Jota Minamino come on against Ajax um, last week for a half an hour and they worked so hard they were creative um, they tracked back they they got us up the pitch they, they were really really good at what they done so I was actually excited to see what they could do but I did go into a bit nervous I don't think this 4 2 3 one, um, at the moment with the person that we have suits us I just don't and I think it showed during the game Keith you know you had your two centre midfielders that I meant to sit um, centrally and and dictate play and protect and, and you found Henderson out on the right a lot you found Milner out on the left and there's no reason for them to be there you know there's enough players at the top end of the pitch in those positions to to create along with your attacking fullbacks and it just looked so out of shape from very early on and it continued right through till the, till the last minute to be honest with you It really did what about you Grizz the the four two three one is as as Gav said, were you worried about that when you seen it? Do you think it's the personnel aren't there, or we just didn't yeah. maybe play? You know, it it looks like it's either the the A team up front or the B team up front. Tonight we went for the B team plus Divock. But was that the impact, and did that affect the midfield too as well for you? It did. It did. Four two three one. You know, I've been saying it. It's all about the personnel. You play four two three one when you have the personnel. Um, and Gav's touched on the two fellas in midfield, but I want to, and that was evident. Um, Milner's so not used to playing in a two. I can't remember the last time he's played in a two where he has to serve a total different purpose to, as opposed to when he's playing as a, uh, what's Gav eating? I can hear Gav licking, I can hear Gav eating no, I'm something. I'm not making him sit, no. one noise whatsoever. You better be careful these new must microphones. Be, uh, pick up must I've got the new microphone. It's, pick it's, picking your, it's picking your body up saying, feed me. That's what it's fucking yeah. picking up. Be, ca- be careful, Governor. Be careful. But yeah, so um, look, Milner hasn't played in a two for fucking years, man. He hasn't got, you know, it's very difficult to, even though Milner's such an intelligent player, it's very difficult to switch from roll to roll to roll to roll, especially when you're playing, look, Despite Michelin's, you know, name in Europe, you know, it's still a Champions League game. So there will be some decent players out there. They were, you know, they were fairly tough in that first half or throughout the nine minutes. Um, him and Henderson just didn't play that role as well. Um, it seemed like Henderson was sort of sitting and covering so much space because Milner was pressing. Milner was going pressing when I think... In a four-two-three-one, the two don't do as many as much pressing because you've got the three in front of them to do that. But again, those three and Divock just weren't coordinated in their pressing, coordinating their off-the-ball runs. I thought it was a hard, hard watch. Yeah, as you said in that first half, I just thought, and you know, whatever Gav said about Divock Origi, I'll just times it by ten. Um, you know, I, I just feel for the guy now. I just feel for like I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have it from people that say he's lazy. I think that's just him. You know, he can't, you know, there's there's only so much you can ask from someone to do above his means. He can't that that's him. That's what you get from Divok, you know. But the good things that he's supposed to be good at, he wasn't doing well, which was being strong and holding up the ball at least, you know, being this monster that um Klopp first, you know, mentioned, uh, described him as. I thought his touch was awful. I thought Minamino, one of his worst performances for us. He's been a bright spark generally, but 
Again, it was Jota. And even Shakiri in that first half was lost. He was absolutely lost in that. We'd probably come on to the reasons why we were better in the second half. But yeah, just coming up to that first half, talking about that first half, it was it was a it was a very difficult watch. I was only asking about the line upgrades. I, I, I'm not rushing to the second half just yet, you know. So yeah, I'm sure I mentioned the line yeah, somewhere. Don't worry, don't worry. Um, Peter, the four-two-three-one for yourself. Um, the lads touched on it there that the the midfield, right? That the two boys in midfield are probably the, the not so much Henderson, but Henderson Milner midfield is probably the the last choice that you'd be probably looking to do in that we're missing. We know we're missing a few players that are probably better suited to playing in the two. Is it a case of the, the lineup tonight? Was Klopp trying to be too clever with the lineup? Or, you know, against Ajax, he took the three boys off on 60 and put the three lads on. Tonight, he starts with the lads. Is he just trying to game manage as best he can? I think we've got, a, first of all, we've got a tremendous amount of games coming up. People forget that. You know, the same people that would have been complaining that, uh, for example, Bobby Firmino's not in form, would have been complaining that he's not starting alongside Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane. Uh, that's first of all. Uh, second of all, I mean, listen to what you're saying about the midfield too. The reason the two lads are midfield, in midfield are, getting, are, you know, are getting exposed and bypassing the first half is because there's nobody stretching the game. Obviously, without... You know the the pace of Salah and Mane going both ways. Just you lose the ability to really occupy that four. I mean, Alexander Arnold doesn't have anybody to link up with. Neither does Robertson. So they become almost orthodox fullbacks in that system. There's nothing nothing on the stretch. So all of a sudden you've got their back four with a little bit of confidence coming on to us and saying, "Okay, we're going to play a bit of ball." And all of a sudden the two boys are completely outnumbered in midfield. So that's that. But for me, and touching a great touch on Ari, completely agree. Divock Ari would look like like a smashing player playing for Wolves. I mean, for me, he the, his agent missed a trick. You know, he could have probably went there, competed with with the big lad that they've got, and looked a million dollars because of the way they play. Origi is not a bad player. It's exactly as I've said earlier on. He's completely alien to what we do, and every time he plays, he looks worse and worse. He gets a transfer to a, a, another side that plays more like a conventional, you know, in in towards a striker's force touch, which has him facing the goal, which is what Wolves do, for example, he'll look a top, top player again. But Liverpool tonight, in the first half, hadn't got the ability to stretch anyone. And it, I could see Midtjylland almost confident. I mean, the, their movement, the movement of who I thought was their best player, that Dreyer, if he could finish, we were 1-0 down at half time. But their movement, you know, and he was, as soon as he could see Robertson was pinned back, he was allowing himself, moving himself across Robertson a couple of times. And after five minutes, he ended up one-on-one with Alison Becker. Luckily, it was Alison Becker who pulls off a, I thought, a fantastic save, but it looks running the mill because it's him. But no, we, we look terrible because we couldn't stretch anyone in the first half. Sorry, Keith, yeah. can I just say on, on a really, yeah. like, and... I hate having a go at him, you know, for obvious reasons. But Peter saying there, like he fit in well, well at Wolves. Uh, I presume we're talking about a, a confident Divock Origi or or a sharp oh, yeah. Divock Origi because tonight the basics were were poor, you know. But if you don't the, play, the force he touch, play. yeah, the force touch, even even is is what I found with him was. Um, the force touch was poor. I thought even protecting the ball, he was poor. You know, he was. 
trying to he was trying to double guess defenders and stuff like that and mm. it was just it's it's actually it's actually very very hard to watch now it's it, like Grace said it's, you, you nearly start feeling sorry for the fellow you're going this is but just it's, not. it's difficult a player that doesn't play I mean Divock it's a bit like a striker's version of you know when Joe Gomez was coming in and now he doesn't look a, a top player when he's coming into games he needs that run of games a big fella like Divock or Rigi needs a run of games and then, you know, you can look a million dollars. I thought Shaqiri looked off the pace as well for the same reason. You know, even Minamino, who has been getting minutes, you know, he reminded me of a struggling Ben Ayun tonight, looking to pick between players, in, you know, in, inside, uh, you know, looking for spaces that weren't there, particularly in the first half. Yeah, it was a struggle to but, watch. But, you know, you know, Klopp's got to take some blame for this, guys. Klopp's got to take, for that performance, sorry, you know, in that first half, the way he set them up. Because I know we're bashing the players individually. They didn't have a good game. The likes of Shakiri and Origi. I think Shakiri didn't have a good game because of the position and the role Klopp was asking him to play. I thought Shakiri was decent. In the first and half? I'll come on to that in the whole game, yeah. We'll come on to um, it, but go ahead. Okay. In the first half, I thought the game bypassed him. I wouldn't say he was poor. I thought the game bypassed him because of the position he was playing. But I think mm. Minamino was poor um, and Origi was poor because their roles weren't defined enough. And I think they're not. Yep. And, and, and I agree with you in terms of Origi is the type of striker that does need four or five games to get going. So, you know, that that has to be the, the you've got to look at Klopp for, you know, thrusting them all in there at the same time. It was a mad, a mad show to put the four of them in there. Um, my take on it, you said Origi and people in the comments have said, you know, Origi wasn't as bad as maybe Minamino. What I found, Minamino was trying, Minamino was running. And the thing with Divock, and I don't know if it's a lazy thing, but as you mentioned, them, you don't have people saying he's lazy because the style is a style. But if you're, as Peter said, if you're not in the team and you get a chance, I think he never looks, and I'm going back to last season as well, he never looks like he, he wants to grab a chance with both hands. Minamino tried to be busy and it didn't work for him tonight. I felt first half, I thought Jota was was anonymous as well. I didn't think Jota done anything, mm-hmm. came to life in the second half. I thought Shakiri had, he wasn't gr- great by any means in the first half, but the only, there was a couple of true balls he made into the box where the only bit of creative spark that we showed in that first half. Like it was a very disjointed game, but I want to move on then to the 30 minute mark and Fabinho picks up an injury. Huge blow. Uh, I think we'll all agree. Um, it was it was an early 30 minutes into the game and we're looking to bring on Reese Williams. Now, Gav, I'll come back to you on this one. <clears throat> did How did you think Fabinho had been playing? Do you think it is a big loss or did you feel that Reese Williams went in there and played a good game? Like, Did, did he disrupt it in any way when he came in is what I'm trying to say? Um, listen, they get one ball straight over the back of us after... F- it's five minutes or something, isn't it? It's, it's early on. Yeah. Um, your man, their best player, I uh, can't remember Dreyer. his name. Dreyer. Yeah, Dreyer. Dreyer. Um, yeah, he, he makes a good run off the back of Robertson, who's not watching, and he, good save by Allison. Um, but we are comfortable at the back. You know, I don't think that, I don't think the issue tonight was, especially in the first half, second half, we looked a lot more shaky for me. Um, and that's not down to Reese Williams. Don't don't get me wrong. Mm. We were comfortable at the back. It was it was going forward that was the issue. Um, we are so disjointed. But listen, Fabinho's a big loss. You know, we, we we've lost Van Dijk for the season. You know, that's just that's what it is. Uh, Gomez is a man that's. I I think 
on the brink of being confident and not confident. He's right on that. He's right on mm. that middle ground. You know the kind of way he's not a fully confident centre back. Um, you've got Fabinho that we thought would be his 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 partner for for the foreseeable future. And the worry for me is that okay, it doesn't look like he completely does his hamstring, but. No. If it's three or four weeks, we've seen what happens with Fabinho when he comes back. It takes that again to get back into mm-hmm. stuff. So you're looking at two months, all right? Now, I'm not saying he can't come back and be brilliant when he comes back, but on, on past evidence, you would say you're probably looking at Christmas by the time you see Fabinho playing properly for Liverpool. Um, Avi is saying two weeks for Fabinho. Well, if it's two weeks, I'd put six weeks on it. Um, just going on past mm-hmm. evidence of when he's coming back from mm-hmm. from injuries, right? Um, yeah. You've Joe Matip that's played twice against Everton um, since we've come back to football and has disappeared ever since and mm. frustrates the fucking life out of me. Um, and six, then re- out for six months was Saturday Night Fever. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He, he might have got injured telling Reese Williams he was coming on tonight. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but but, but Reese Williams uh, comes on very assured, good in the air, new went to press, new went to hang back, um, good pass and good crisp pass and good interceptions, done very, very well, I have to say. Um, but Fabinho is a loss because when you look at West Ham, um, you, who look to get in behind you, they look, you know, that that's the way they play. You look at Atalanta who are open, free flowing, they want to attack you. And then you, of course, you've Man City. So you're looking at three games now before the international break mm-hmm. where you're looking at Joe Gomez standing there going, who's playing with me? Because mm. even if Matip was to come back against West Ham on Saturday, you don't know if, is he going to be there on Wednesday or the following Saturday. So <laughs> it's very, very, um, it's very frustrating. Uh, it's a blow. Don't get me wrong, but. I don't know. Like, can you ask Reese Williams to go and play those games? I wouldn't be a hundred percent sure. We're gonna have to do something. We're gonna have to be a little bit creative. I think, unless John Matip rises like a Phoenix. You know, it could be a Henderson. It could be a Wijnaldum. It could be. You don't know. Um, but we're gonna have to get a little bit creative on this one, Keith. But uh, having said that, um, Reese Williams coming on, and we might we might discuss him a bit later on. The, when the second half comes around, um, done absolutely nothing wrong from the time for the sixty minutes he was on the pitch. Yeah, and um, Peter, I'll come to you next, right? So, when I was saying there to Gav, did did I have an impact? I the thing I found with that, and I'll come to you on this. I felt that when Reese Williams came on and played where he played, that it forced Trent and Gomez to even go up another level. Um, in the first couple of minutes when Williams came on, he'd gotten Trent's way. I think or Trent had to intervene and get a ball that was probably closer to Williams. You know, Trent sort of took on nearly a leadership role as well. And I think it helped Trent as the game went on. So it was mm. it was something that I think it, it not galvanised us, but it had a, a positive effect. And as Gav said, we will come on to the second half when he, he played much better. But the, the team seemed to pick up a bit around that time as well because I felt it, it improved others. Would you agree with that? Or did you think it was or maybe yeah, reading too much into it? No, no, I think you read it well. For me, you know, it's that siege mentality. It's like, what next? Well, I might as well, you know. You know, good players, that's what good players do. They take responsibility. And you're right, a couple of times Trent did step inside. And, and I think it's more communication thing. You're coming into a game like that, 100 miles an hour. It's the Champions League, yeah. you know, and you've got fellas. I mean, they were a very physical side. And they were, I thought, I was really impressed by their movement particularly, you know, when they got the chance to come at us in the final tour. Now, we, we looked like we were getting passed by. So I think Trent and, and particularly Robertson on the other side had no choice but to do things that sometimes they don't have to do in the Premier League. Now, you couple that with the fact that it's not Virgil van Dijk and it's not you know, Fabinho now. 
doing the Marston role. You know, the yeah. senior players, I know, Jesus, senior, you know, the young is 22, but he's a senior player now. He's stepping in and he's and he's moving fellas around at centre-half. So I think Gav touches on a point earlier on that we have to be creative. I can't see, as as good as Williams is, is he's very, very young. I can't see him starting in either of the Premier League games, not at all. I can see Wijnaldum or Henderson starting start at centre-half. Henderson. Hmm. I thought yeah, well, Mark, Mark Flex says, "Come on, lads, don't take us for fools. Williams will be ripped to pieces." By yeah, just said that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's we are. I just, yeah. He put it in there before we start discussing them. Must have um, been a timing thing, yeah. No, probably mm. on the back of me saying, you know, do you put him in? I don't think you do. You know, mm. I think the level there tonight, although it's Champions League, suits him. You know, I'd be mm. worried if he was playing against Atlanta. You know, I probably be no, worried Mark if he had right. a full. Mark you know, so no, Mark makes a very fair point. And it, it comes to Grizz now, and I was about to say, I was just about to say the same thing. When it comes to the the weekend, if Matip isn't fit, what's the solution? What do you? How do you think Klopp looks at it? Is it a Williams against West Ham? Because Antonio is out for them, which is a big loss. But who's who's leading the line there at West Ham? So if it's not Antonio, it's going to be Sebastian Heller, Heller, who's a big, who's a big physical striker. Um, I'd much prefer Heller. Sort of to Antonio, oh, yeah. mind you, but but I can't mm. see Williams. Um, Gav Gav gave him enough praise, and he, and he deserved. Gav gave the, I think, in my opinion, gave the level of praise that he deserved. I thought he was neat and tidy. He didn't put a foot wrong, but there was not much threat coming from Michelin. It's going to be a total different um, game against West Ham. West Ham are playing some good football at the moment. They gave City a good game. They've given Spurs a good game. Um, um, so yeah, they've got some, some players in form. There's a, um, Bowen for them, who's playing really mm. well on the, on, uh, one of the wide men. Um, so yeah, Williams, I, I, I can't see him starting the Premier League games. I'm not going to lie. I, I really think it's a job for Henderson, even if Matip's fit for the weekend, which hopefully, hopefully he is. Um, you know, hopefully Matip can play one of the games. Um, he can't play both of the games. He's not going to play. So if he plays Saturday, we play. He's not going to play the, the the Champions League game. Um, it's just one of those things. That, you know, as we said, he's our yeah. Ledley King now. We've got to treat him like our Ledley King. Um, but Fabinho's injury does complicate. It does deplete, deplete us in that area, especially. Um, but yeah, Henderson. I think Henderson is the one that, sort of uh, takes that role. You see, because we've got Thiago coming back, we've got Gini to play in midfield. We've always also got the option of Milner if he needs to go again. So I think it's Gini and Thiago that step into the midfield. I still think we go f- mad four up front, uh, but it will just be Gini and Thiago as opposed to Hendo and uh, Gini. And then Hendo will take place mm. of, uh, of Fabinho. That's, that's the, as creative as we can get for now. I know we're looking for creative options in the squad but I think that's as creative as we got it can get now and then just hope and pray that Matip and, and Fabinho can sort of get fit uh, especially as you say before the international break where we get another you know couple of weeks to recuperate our players yeah. well I, I'd, I'd be surprised if Matip doesn't play at the weekend you know mm. he doesn't play I'd against everyone I'd just be surprised Gav if he plays well, to be honest with you, like the talk was say. that after the Everton game, look, I, I'm as frustrated, more frustrated than anybody, I'd say, um, about what's going on with Mata. But 
what I will say is, like, he, he, after the Everton game, he goes for a scan. He's not around. Then, you know, Klopp has asked about him, I think, yesterday. And he says, no, himself, Thiago, and there was one more. Um, need a couple of, Kate. Um, yeah. They need a couple more, couple more days. They need a couple more days. So I'd say, like, people are talking there about Henderson being pulled early. Um, because I'd say, he, he, listen, he could have been pulled early for, we might need you at centre-half, I'm not taking any risks here because I don't know what's oh, going yeah. on with John Matip, but all things equal, if if Matip is, is ready to play, I think he does play, because I think missing missing Fabinho at centre-half is one thing, missing him in midfield is another, and then missing Henderson in midfield as well, you know, no matter how dominant you are in the game, um, missing those two out of any starting midfield is just, is a big worry for me. I think, I think Matip has to start starting. That, that, yeah. Dan C made a point earlier on that Matip, sorry, no, Matip should play through the pain. I don't think he's a player that, I mean, Van Dijk has played through the pain. We know that over the last couple of years. Matip is not a, not a player who plays, plays through the pain, which is what frustrates me about him. For centre-half, he's supposed yeah. to have a bit of ball. I don't know his body, but yeah, somebody made that point, Dan, it was earlier on. And hopefully he does actually play through the pain, even if he's got some, you know? It's a key point because it's going to be about how Klopp decides to manage it and something you've touched on there, you know, does Matip play Saturday and then can't play midweek and then comes back for City? Isn't that how it goes? West Ham, Atlanta yeah. City. So how do you manage that? Would you rather have Henderson playing mid uh, centre-half against Atalanta? You know, so it, he is going to have to... No, I'd, think, think, I'd, like, I'd like me fucking centre-half to be playing in all of them. Yeah, but we know that, as as Grizz said, it's nearly like the Ledley King, Paul McGrath type of stage now where Matt yeah, But what? No, that. it's not. He's not walking around it, with a fucking knee hanging off. He's walking around yeah, with a fucking knee hanging off. Yeah, but Gavi can't play. Gavi can't play, yeah. Even clubs deluded. On what ground? On what grounds? What fucking injury can he not play? On he keeps going in for these minor scans. Minor scans exactly. on what? Your knee is a fucking body. Listen, listen, don't compare fucking. Don't compare Paul. Don't compare Paul McGrath, <laughs> Ledley King to fucking Joe Matip and the injuries he has. That's a fucking ludicrous thing to do. This no. is a fella that keep. This is a fella that keeps going off in injuries, right? And he got stood on his toe, and he had a s- small strain here, and he, and he's fucking out. He's gone for ages. You know, I slagged Lovren the season before last when when he when he went off with Wolves with a twinge in his back, and didn't turn up for fucking four months. Yeah. You know what I mean? What the fuck is going on? Like this, this is how frustrated I am. He either has a terminal problem with his body that we need to be told about, and if he does, you get rid and you get someone else in, or he's constantly going around with minor fucking scans, and he's costing us. He's costing us six months of a fucking season. Ground pains. Attention, Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Listen, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a medical, medical expert. So one of the few things I'm not, um, <laughs> But 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 listen, we can't we could look looking at his build and the you know the size of him and sort of the type of centre back he is as well and, and 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 it's often said that you know he comes back and he takes a few games to warm up. You know there must be some some medical issue there. Now I don't agree with Gav. They don't need to tell us per se. 
But it's obvious there is something there because of the fact you're right. It, it seems as though he can't play through that pain barrier. And I think Klopp sort of kind of subtly hinted as well in certain things when he said about, you know, um, when he was talking about the Virgil incident and he was saying, look, some people can can play with, you know, Virgil had an injury going into one of the games and he was talking about how Virgil played through the pain he barrier. Pain. You know? He does. That's what he and, does because he's and a warrior. Some, some players can't, you know. So yeah. he was frustrated, not as frustrated as our Gav, but you could see, you could see Klopp was frustrated in that press a, conference. Yeah, I, agree, agree, I agree with Gav. It's a psychological thing, I think, Matt, to be honest with you. Um, you know, you get two types of lads the type of lad that you have to hold him down to stop him from doing more damage to himself. I would say Henderson is like that, to be honest with you. I well, he's newly married like as well, so there is that, you know. He's what? Yeah. Married. yeah. But, but for me, Matip is one of those. Yeah, is one of those. Breaks a fingernail. I feels it. Feels a pull. Oh, it's. It, I'm a hundred percent on nothing. I. I would expect fellas at that level. You know what? What to at stake to roll up their sleeves and just do the business. And if you have to come off after half an hour or after forty-five minutes, that's fine. But you know, get yourself in now. You know, we're, we're throwing seventeen and eighteen-year-olds in at the half. I don't Let's expect talk. a fella. You know. There's talk now that Salah limped down the tunnel and will need a scan on something as well. Um, well, that would be the penalty incident that he got stamped on on the floor. Yeah, it looked it may be. He did look in pain. Christopher says, uh, according to LFC TV, it was already a decision to sub handle at halftime, monitoring his minutes. Yeah, that's fine. That makes it, sense. It makes perfect sense, I think, the way it is. You know, they do have, I think that was a plan at the start of the season, the short and pre-season. There was going to be a, a bigger emphasis on using the squad this, this year that maybe Klopp hasn't done before. And certainly hasn't done to this extent, you know. So it's it's something to keep an eye on. Now I want to move in, lads, to the the second half, right? So we we go in there that nil all, a bit of a, a damn squib. They're very physical, you know. They really are very physical. Maybe we were a bit too lax. Hendo comes off. I just touched on Genie comes in. Did you think it made an immediate impact, Peter? I'll come to you. Do you think Genie made an impact in there, or was it just yeah the, same the urgency? Again? No, I thought the urgency kind of we upped it a little bit. Um, maybe it's one of those where if you're if you've got a number on your back and you're watching that crap for forty five minutes, you're saying to yourself, right, I'm going in here and I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I thought you know, Genie always brings a little bit of urgency. I mean, no, I'm not never ever doubt Henderson, but Henderson takes responsibility for the whole team. I mean, he sits in front of that four and you know takes responsibility for things. He makes one mistake and you're one nil down. So. Never ever. I'm never. This is not being disparaging about Henderson. He's an absolute warrior. But for me, when Adam is one of those players where he says, "Right, enough," and we've seen him do it from the bench numerous times. He's just pure energy, pure energy. And I just thought, I thought he kind of brought us up. And and other players, of course, reacted to that around them, you know. And he's the one. It was his pass that kind of led to the move that brought the goal for me. So, yeah, he he makes a difference energy wise. Um, yeah, Ramez Khalil has a comment in there. We should have just sold Matip this summer and got at least one centre-back in his stead. Not getting a centre-back after letting Lovren leave has unfortunately come to bite us. Um, I want to I touch on this for a second. Um, and I'll go to Grizz on this because, you know, we, we did talk a lot over the, the summer about transfers and PSG were apparently linked with Matip for a big money, money deal. Do you think we... You know, the, the idea of letting the two of them go in the summer was a bad idea. Because I know a lot of people thought, oh, no, let one or the other, but not both of them. Do you think we should have sold up in the summer? I know hindsight's a great thing. 
do you think we should have really just bit the bullet and, and rebuild the defence? Uh, hindsight is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Um, as you know, internally, I wasn't against selling him. Um, you know, I, just for the fact that he's not available enough, simply yeah. because of that. Not anything to do with his ability or, you know, how he fits into our team or anything like that. But, you know, I wouldn't have been against doing it. I mean, look, there, we... We're massive fans of the recruitment team and how we go about finding players and sort of, and also we're big fans of how we look after our players and stick with our players. But look, can we criticize them for, for sometimes holding on too long? And I like the likes of Lalana and Lovren and Sturridge. You know, there's three players there that, in my opinion, we held on for a season too much in each of their careers. Now, maybe it's come to a point where we've got decisions to make with, and I'm going to name some controversial, controversial, controversy. I'm going to put, put some names in there. It's going to cause some controversy. Matip that we're talking about, Ox that we're talking about, and Nabi Keita that we're talking about. You know, these three, these kind of players, these kind of squad players are needed at times like this, and they're fucking not. They're literally not available. Every time there's a, an emergency where we're looking to Matic to come in, to Nabi to come in, this is Ox's chance, this is Nabi's chance, this is Matip's chance. No, they're, they're not available. And that's frustrating and that's whatever it is, but we've got to come to a, a stage where we need squad players that are durable as well as talented. You know, and maybe learn from our past mistakes with the likes of Lalana, Lovren and Sturridge, where, as I said, I feel we kept on hold of them for too long for no reason you know they were good players in their very own rights and clubs would have paid decent money for them but we kept clinging on clinging on I don't want to do it again Keith I would not like to be in that same situation that's why I said if we get an offer for Ox I would have sold him Naby last season chance I mean here's what it is you know Naby fanboys can get on my case I don't give a shit you know me I can't give two fucks yeah. but yeah. talented Talented baller, but be available. Be available. Mm. If it's unlucky, go be unlucky at another club. We're too good now to be holding on to unlucky players with injuries. That's just my rant. Over. That's allowed. That's allowed. Mm. Um, do either of you boys want to comment on selling Matip or will we move on? No, I completely no. agree with Grace. And I would add to it as well, it's a little bit like we always have a go, Grace, don't we? At Pogba, Manchester United and Pogba. You know, it's this is his year. The Kate situation is evolving into that. <laughs> it, you know, for me, it's it's bordering on ridiculous. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. You have to cut your losses. Okay, That's, it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, not, a, it's, a, it's not a slight on all of those players. Bloody hell, Matip's an amazing player in his own right. Naby Keita, Ox. But if they're not going to be available for Liverpool Football Club, their talent is no use to us or to me. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Totally agree with you, mate. Very true, very true. Uh, so we'll move on from, from that. Thanks for the comment there, Ramez. Um, so we're into the second half. Gav, I'll come to you. We're into the second half and things start to pick up a bit. And I know... Um, Shakiri came in for a, a bit of stick from certain quarters, but the goal comes um, from a bit of creativity, the creative spark that maybe we hadn't seen uh, in the in the first half, and 
it's things like that from Shakiri that that maybe keeps him a valuable squad option. But he done well with the link up with Trent, and it opened them up for the first time. We opened them up. Did you see it coming, or did you feel it was a head banging against the wall job the more it was going on, or did you sense it was on its way? I don't know. You could say it was sense it was coming because the way, like again, we were quite comfortable at the back, but we weren't doing much up front. And again, it's all down to the front four. There was there was no movement. You know, I, I'd have been quite happy there tonight if, if a Ricky came out and just said, listen, every baller comes into me, I'm just going to pop it straight off, one touch to Trent or anyone. Just going to pop her off. I'm not, even gonna, I'm not interested in fucking scoring goals. I'm just going to pop her off here and there. Yeah. And we'd have opened them up. You know, but it was it was static for Marigi. Minamino's getting a lot of stick. I thought Minamino was probably the brightest of the front four in the fourth half. Because of the runs yeah. he was making in the box, one from Trent, that was very good. He yeah. didn't get ahead on it, but he was trying. Jota, was, Jota wasn't good first half, but having said that, he... he oh, What's he? What's he? What's he fucking playing with? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the the man inside him is Origi, and Origi for me is just he's statuesque. Start of the second half, Genie comes on. There wasn't. I thought, like Pete says, there there was there was an urgency. It wasn't even that. It was his position. He he was in the Ooh. middle of the fucking pitch, playing in the middle of the pitch. He wasn't Ooh. going out right like Henderson was to try influence. He wasn't turning up in the left wing like Milner was. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not blaming Henderson and Milner for doing that. They probably felt they needed to do that because the lack of movement up front, they were trying to push it. And you could hear Henderson all first half, you know. And he, all he kept saying to him was, quicker, 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 quicker. That's all you could hear out of him. And he wanted it quicker because he knew if they, if they were quick, they would get around them. Um, but he just couldn't get that, that message through. On the goal itself, listen, it's a really good goal. But it comes from, if you look at it, it's a ball into Shakiri. He plays a reverse pass to um, uh, Alexander Arnold, who squares it to Jota and puts it. In. It's a training ground goal, yeah. you know, and that's how easy it was to get through with them if you put if you put the effort in and the, the structure around the but team. But we said there. it, Gav. Uh, by text, we <coughs> said it. The first time they kind of moved the ball at pace in yeah. the final tour. Oh, yeah, and it, it absolutely was like, and but th- this is what I'm saying you're right Shakiri did seem to drop in and, and nearly make it midfield three and he got more control in there and players looked more at ease from Ike in that yeah. you know they knew there was they knew there was a fella deep they knew there was two fellas in midfield looking after each side and then they could have you know at that stage it was still Jota um, Origi Minamino but at least it was it was a much easier shape on the eye I think for, for fans and players you know so um, but it's a good goal. Um, Jota gets another one. He's he's flying, mm. and he did improve in this. He went on a great run in the in the second half. Yeah. He down the left, and I I genuinely thought he was going to get a touch inside this fella and score, but he got a good mm. tackle on him. But um, no, it was a good goal, and it was it was something that Trent deserved tonight because I thought he was our best player by an absolute mile. Mm. Yeah, it's a good point. I'll come to Grizz. I was just going to say that Trent, as I mentioned earlier, I felt he focused more when. We, Williams came on that it sort of made him take on a bit of a leadership role um, but he, he didn't let his didn't let his game drop I think it made him more solid defensively surprisingly but it's a great run by Trent isn't it it's it's that clever you know a fullback and every club thinks that fullback wants Trent to come out for a straightener well every bleeding <laughs> time one of them does anything it's come outside and see me and all this nonsense (laughs) but it's it's that it's that clever play by Trent isn't it when he goes up there and the pullback you know he's not smashing it across he's he's passing it everything is a pass it's an intelligent pass by Trent 
he's a sensational player when he gets into them positions, isn't he? Yeah. Um, well, we game sort of for week five, six into the season and we've been, yeah, slightly harsh on Trent or critical. But you've got to remember him, and just like many others, didn't have much of a preseason. He's, mm. I thought I thought Trent was imperious best today. And I, I do pick up on that point that you make in terms of Williams comes on and Trent grows. He absolutely grows. You can see him take more responsibility, become more active, become more focused. Um, Robbo on the other side is a magnificent fullback as well. Let's not get it twisted and let's not forget. But the difference in quality in the final third, you see that. And that's what Trent gives you. So he may not be as brilliant defensively as, as Robbo and and we sometimes tell him to be focused and more switched on. But listen, Trent Alexander-Arnold plays right back in the role he plays because of that performance in that second half. Some of his passing, some of his first-time switch of play, <laughs> no other fullback would think about it, never mind try to attempt it. There's did, one did you that see he, Grids in the, in the first half? Sorry, the yes, only sir. bit of quality. In it, he caught a ball on the volley from a throw yes, and yes, Robinson's chest. I mean, I mean that, that was about? that was Roberto Carlos. <laughs> I just level. laughed at that. I just no, literally yeah. laughed. I just chuckled to be set when he done it. So uh, you know, Trent, and and this is where we see the quality that everyone talks about because he was a central midfielder, because he was a midfielder, and he's got the touch and he's got the awareness. Uh, under tw- under the 18 uh, level, he was an attacking midfielder. He used to, you know, go on driving runs and and take shots, etc. You can see that. I thought he was class. I thought he was imperious. Um, but again, I just thought everyone was. I thought the biggest turning point, I know you didn't ask me about it, but yes, Genie was very good, I thought. But I thought the the positional change of Shakiri was key. Shakiri is no use to us off the ball. Shakiri is only useful to us when he's on the ball. And so therefore, to, for him to be on the ball, he had to resort to an attacking midfield role. Part of, he played it as an eight, basically, collecting the ball many times of Joe Gomez and Reese Williams, turning, picking off passes. I thought the positional change of Shakiri was key, along with the, just the whole focus of the team. They thought, you know, it's a, again, what Keith touched on about seed mentality, everything's going wrong, players getting injured, senior players getting injured. Let's just stick together and see this out. And I thought that's what they'd done in that second half. Yeah, they did. As Dennis is saying there, Trent was getting the time on the ball tonight. Maybe uh, maybe something in that, in the sense that their threat was coming on the other side, wasn't it, from Dreyer, rather than the the left winger maybe wasn't as... Dynamic you know, they didn't clever. seem to target. They didn't seem to target that side, which other teams have done. But I felt Trent, like I said, I felt he, he took on the responsibility and he, he was much better tonight. He, he's a sensational player. But there about uh, saying about there about Shakiri drifting into space and all, I felt that was a key um, a key point. Uh, someone mentioned in the chat earlier, he's, he's an impact player maybe to bring on with 20 minutes to go. And it's something that we haven't done enough for him. But, Gav, I'll ask you, does Shakiri have a future at Liverpool? Do you think he's coming in from the cold somewhat in the last few weeks? Do you, do you think he's he's maybe got a, a role to play for us this year? I just find it very hard to put him, get him in the team, I'm being yeah. honest with you. Like, he, he drops in there tonight and it's 
part of a, a midfield. He, he does more or less drop in and make it a midfield three, and, and that's fine. He does okay. Grizz is spot on. He's no good to us off the ball because he he looks like he's running, but he's not getting anywhere. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's it's one that's of those. It's, it's, you know it's, about that, Gav? Yeah, yeah. I've watched. Yeah, because I watch videos <laughs> of you. Um, <laughs> But, the old late Orient. Um, yeah, I watched. I watched the old late Orient trials, uh, but um, <laughs> down at Brisbane Road. But um, you, you see him running back. He's trying his best to chase back, but he's just not getting there. He'd be overrun in midfield against decent sides, in my opinion. Um, it, I just find the heart. Where do you put him? You know, I don't think you put him in a front three. In the four-two-three-one, it, it just doesn't work for us with the person that we have. I know. I know what Klopp is trying to do. He's trying to commit more men forward. He's trying to interchange a bit more. And I think he's doing it for Bobby Firmino's benefit. I'm going to be honest. Now, that may sound like a stupid point because Bobby Firmino didn't start the game tonight. But I think they're trying to they're trying to freshen things up because I think Firmino's gone a little bit stale in that, you know. Of course. Um, um, but does he have a future? Yes, till the end of the season anyway. Um, I don't think he'll be sold in January. It's just where do you get him in? Where do you put him in? You know, is it? Do you put him centrally? Do you just go? If you're going to go four two three, when you're going to bite the bullet and just put him straight in behind Firmino and go, listen, Minamino, you're not playing, Jotty, you're not playing. I'm putting him in there because I feel that's probably his best position centrally mm. off a striker, um, where you can. It, it nearly looks like a four four two with Mane and Salah on the wing, um, on both on either on either side, and you give that security because he's played a lot there with a lot of different strikers. Yeah, um, yeah. it's just fitting him in, Keith. But having said that. Um, I would have him all day, every day, and twice on Sunday ahead of Origi, because yeah. at least Shakiri to me has the football intelligence. Yeah. I think he knows what way we want to play. I think he's trying. Um, defensively, I think he's trying. I don't think it's in him though. But you know, if you if a ball drops to a player twenty five thirty yards from goal, and it's you're asking me to choose Origi or Shakiri, you know who you're choosing because one, yeah. both of them can probably score from twenty five thirty yards, but one of them can't. Um, play a killer pass on one can, and we're we're more killer pass than twenty five thirty yard screamers, in my opinion. Mm. Very true, very true. Um, a lot of people in the comments are mentioning um Bobby Firmino. Now, Bobby comes on, Mo comes on, Sadio comes on. We as as we expected, right? So the lads all get in there, and there's a couple of chances. Mo gets on early and. There's a break in and he cuts inside and he blames one over the bar. Mm. Bobby gets in and there's a, a chance where one gets pulled back to him. People are saying it was a sit or it was an open or it wasn't really like, but he just plays the high wide and not very handsome. Is there a lack of a clinical edge to our play at the moment? And Grizzle, come to you. Are we lacking the, the clinicalness that, and not just from Bobby, you know, Mo misses a lot of chances. If we were taking maybe, you know, one or two of these chances, it's giving us more of an edge. Are we looking, what I'm trying to say is, are we looking like we're scraping through these matches, but if we take more of our chances, we're a lot more comfortable and there's not much of an issue? It's 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 obvious we are. Um, but I'm still going to put that down to early season rustiness. Hardly any pre-season, the usual excuses, but it's facts this time. Um you know, it is the way it is at the moment for every team. Let's look around Europe. We haven't even looked at the other results. Some mad results everywhere. Who's standing out? I think I think we can beat Bayern. Bayern, the best team in Europe. Yeah. I think we can take on Bayern. No sweat. I'm serious. So, yes, we're not playing as, a, 
uh, what's the word? Because we are becoming efficient. Yeah. Our last three games, we have done the job. We've got the job done. Our last three games, we haven't looked in trouble too much. But you're right. We haven't finished off chances. We haven't turned half chances into great chances. Um, I thought the three of them were poor when they came on. I'm going to be honest. They may be yeah. our three stars and we adore them and we, we love them to bits because, you know, they are amazing. <laughs> but I think Jota's carrying them at the moment. You know, um, they need to they need to up it a bit. I've got no doubts they will. I thought Mo was obviously brilliant the other day without scoring. But again, without scoring. Um, you'd think Bobby, high in confidence, puts a goal away. That's an easy chance for a top-level striker. Um, you know, to name some of the top strikers, you know, Lewandowski finishes Goran that. Goran Pandev. Goran Pandev finishes that. Do you know what I mean? They all finish that. Um, Bobby's got to finish those. There's no sugarcoating it. I'm not gonna. Hmm. I'm not gonna sit here and and defend Bobby. I'm a I'm a big Bobby fan, but Bobby's not a great finisher. He's a poor finisher. He's he's elite in a lot of things, but not in finishing. And at the level we're playing at, that could have been very, very important, very vital, Miss. It turns out that it isn't. But look, on the whole, they are they are sort of in third gear. There's a couple more gears for them to, to get into, and, and I think they will. They're going to have to raise it like the defence has raised it. They're going to have to raise it like the midfield raised it the other uh, the other day. Um we're just waiting for them to raise it now and then we'll be we'll be really ready set to go, I think. Yeah, um it's true. It's it it's been a disjointed summer. We all know that. It's it's not the it's not the season we're expecting, the usual season. Players are maybe going through the motions a little bit in fairness, but we got the job done and a lot of people you know, are saying in there, we got the job done, we, we got over the line. And that's a true point. Gav, we're, we're, we're grinding out these wins lately and we've we've got two wins in the Champions League now, six points from six. Is that all that matters at the moment? Like, if as Liverpool, is Klopp looking at this and saying, right, whatever, by whatever means necessary, we get through this and we see where we are, whether they're looking to bring a new body in in January or whatever, just get this these games out of the way and give ourselves as much of a cushion. Like without playing well, we've got six points on the board in the Champions League. We can't ask for more than that, can we? No. Um I think Klopp's firefighting a little bit. I'm being honest yeah. with you. You know, <clears throat> I said it the other day on the show that, you know, the Van Dyke thing would have hit Klopp and everyone at the club hard. And we were looking for a siege mentality, an angry kind of Liverpool to come out. But I think what we've seen is yeah, it, it, it it's a more conservative look, maybe a little bit hesitant, maybe, but it's it's do what needs to be done, you know. And sometimes you you do get it done, and you don't do any more than that, and it can look bad, you know. I'm not saying tonight was a good performance; it wasn't. It simply wasn't. It was disjointed. Yeah. It was um it was nervy at times, you know. Um, players, our position, not really up to speed, whatever way you want to put it, but. You're right, you know, um, Van Dijk's gone out injured. And that'll always be a, that'll always be a marker point in the season, you know. Everton away will always be a marker point in the season. How have we done since then? How have we adapted? How many goals have we conceded? You know, stuff like that. And the way it is, like, 
you know, um, we've we've gone and won at Ajax. We've we've beaten Sheffield United. We've beaten Michelin tonight. We go away. We we play West Ham and then Atlanta, Man City. So I. If I'm Klopp, I'm looking at it going, listen, I need to get fucking Naby Keita back. I need to get Mata back. I need Thiago to come on now and not be fucking sawn in half by some fucking Egypt um, like he was a couple of weeks ago. And he's probably looking going, we just need to do what we have to do and we get through this. We must. He's probably, Keita, he's probably looking at it. You know when you say you get a dip in the season, right? He's probably playing with the mentality of we've been through a dip and we're just trying to muddle our way through. That's the yeah. sort of mentality he has. Now, we haven't been through a dip, but he's probably using that as a, as a s- sort of focus, you know. get to, Listen, if we come out of, we come out of the next three games with two league wins and, and even a draw away in Atlanta and we're seven points from three in the Champions League, everything's fucking rosy, you know. But it's all, at the moment, it's about going out, getting the job done. It might not be pretty, um, but I don't think you can, I, from here on in, you can't go to that level of performance you're seeing tonight. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Gav, right now, Gav, right now, I'd absolutely snap your hands off uh, two wins and a draw, but okay. not in the order that you want it. I'd, 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 I'd take the West Ham and I'd take a draw. At, uh, sorry, I'd take a, a win at Atlanta and draw at City all day long. I go the other way, absolutely all day long. In fact, I, in fact, I think the City. I think, I think um, the Atlanta and, and and I know we haven't used it this season, but at the Atlanta game at this stage with the predicament that we're in in terms of injuries and everything and the way the group's panning out with six points already I'd say the Atalanta game is a free hit all eyes all focus on the two league games for me personally with the situation yeah, that we're maybe in maybe so yeah maybe so um, I I would oh no I'm not I'm not taking a draw at City for a win at Atlanta um, I'm taking I'm taking a win at City because you win your next two league games and City don't because you're beating them in one. Yeah. You're looking anywhere between five and eight points clear of City after seven or eight league games, and I'm all over that. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Peter, what about yourself? Do you feel that, um, you know, we, we just need to manage our way through? And are you as confident as the lads that the next three games that we can get positive results from all of them? Yeah, I think, to be honest, Thiago coming back will be a big... Uh, it'd be a big boon. You know, we're, we're really focused on the problems that we have in defence. The great thing about Liverpool, don't our success, okay, it is built on a solid success, but we're not dependent as a team on how, on the defence. You know, it's, it's about what we do going forward. So I'd like to see Thiago in there picking holes in these teams that set up, because everybody sets up the city against us. I imagine that at the, you know, might take a different view against us as well. But certainly if, for example, if Thiago is back against West Ham, that's going to be a big deal because that midfield, if Antonio's movement is not there to move us around, they're going to have Haller up front and they're just going to try and play offset pieces and they're going to sit off. We're going to be two banks of four, the usual shite. So for me, getting on the front, get Liverpool on the front foot, doing what we're good at again. We'll always miss Van Dijk's delivery, you know, from deep positions. But I think Thiago's cunning, 
and his ability to pick out a pass from a similar well, Keith, from a deep position probably probably gives us a favour as well. Keith, yeah. I think you make some. I think you make a brilliant point there in terms of how we defend. That was Peter. With, I yeah. beg your pardon, thanks, Peter. thanks Chris. I'm so, to, I'm so used to, man, you know, I'm so used to the Oracle making brilliant points, our football man, Keith. Uh, uh, but Peter, so I beg your pardon, Peter, you make a brilliant point about um, the way we defend or how we could defend with Thiago in the team. Now, we've we've all seen Man City have an awful defence for how long now? A couple of years now. And well, for, for you know, since company, I guess, even with company, when he missed games, we always wondered how Man City would defend and how they would defend would be to keep the ball away from the opposition for 80% of the game. Our defense is good enough to withstand 20% attacks in a game. Yeah, we're that good on the ball with Thiago. We change the way we play, we have to. We're talking about creative being creative in terms of solving the centre-back issue, I think we go creative in the terms of the way we play overall, and that will help the defensive strategy. Chris, I, 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 think, I think Thiago was signed to take the pressure off Bobby Firmino, because Bobby Firmino's movement, to a certain extent, in front of a busy midfield three of you know hardened midfielders like Henderson and Wijnaldum, is, is what has been providing the subtlety. I think... If Thiago plays in the same eleven as Bobby Firmino, you see more of Bobby as a, you know, a, as a as a straightforward attacking threat. You know, he comes alive. Is, yeah, exactly. Alive. For me, uh, for me, we it just gives us that extra dimension, and it's instead of Liverpool having to have you know so much possession and having to have wave after wave, it becomes okay. This fella's picking holes in these lads, but Thiago doesn't get. Notably, he doesn't get assists, a high amount of assists. It's those key passes that lead to assists that really bring people like Bobby, that will even add to Trent's game, that will probably add to Robertson's game, just makes it more subtle. And it means, so you notice Robertson, for example, tonight high up the pitch in the first half, he had a couple of a couple of situations in their box where he could have got the ball across, but he's just receiving the ball in slightly poor positions. You've got a player like Thiago giving you the ball on the money all the time. You've got that little bit extra time and space to make that assist that you need to make if you're Bobby, if you're uh, Trent and if you're Robbo. I just see it that way that this is this is going to change slightly. When this fella gets a run, it's going to change the way we play and we're going to get an awful lot more joy from the possession that we, we have. Yeah. Very Steve, Sorry, Stephen Max says there Bobby's been playing top level football for three years without a break. I think that's a very fair point. Yeah, I totally agree. Listen, uh, um, when I look at what we have attacking wise, and you know, you have got your Salah, your Mane, your, your Firmino, you have Jota there now, you have um, you have security if you want to call upon a Minamino, Origi's uh, um, there, but I still think at some stage Klopp will look to buy a goal scorer. Um, and what I mean by that is, it doesn't have, you know, people go on about, you can't replace Firmino, the type of player he is and all. I agree. He's a very unique player and what he does for me in any way. But I, I do think he, he would look to go for a goal getter, just an out and out goal getter and just say, listen, exactly. if I'm going to be that, well, if, not even that, like even, and I hate to say it, but the likes of Danny Inks. Um, you know, yeah. uh, and I know I heard some people say Danny Ings because boy, didn't he have a buyback option and all that sort of stuff? Um, but when you look at Danny Ings going back to when 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 um Coutinho left Liverpool and people are saying, well, Danny Ings is there and stuff like that. Danny Ings got one goal that season. You know, he didn't suit yeah. where he were playing. Does he suit us now? 
I'm not too sure, but we could do something. And I'm not saying go and sign Danny Ings. I'm saying something. Uh, you know what's a player that's a bit quick off Jane the market? Vag. Yeah, a bit of a yeah, just a bit of a, I'm not a, sure. a bit, a bit of a the, no, the a bit of a poacher, I'm, and the reason yeah. I'm saying that is the reason I'm saying that is because of the likes of Thiago. So instead of like like Pete said, you're not looking mm-hmm. to feed balls into for, for, when you're looking to feed balls into Firmino, you're looking for a good force touch, and he's setting Mane away, or he's setting the fullback away, who then in turn is setting up Salah, Mane, whoever it might be. Whereas if you have a Thiago that's a bit more creative, you know, you're probably looking for, instead of that ball going into Firmino and onto Salah or Mane, it's just going straight to Mane and Salah, and they're cutting people open, and you've a fella in the box. Like, you know, if you could take in right and take 20 years off him and put him in the middle of the box for Liverpool in that circumstance, you're absolutely on the money. You know, that kind of way. But you have to be fair on Firmino. You know, we have massive arguments in our WhatsApp group over Harry Kane in particular and, um, and, and Bobby Firmino, you know. And, but for me, I think, I think somewhere down the line, Klopp does look to go. Go for some sort of goal posture, but I ha- you have to be fair on Firmino and say yeah. he goes off to Brazil, he goes to South America, he yeah. comes back on a Thursday, he plays on a Saturday. You know, it's hard. Yeah, it exactly. is hard, and he he might need a break. But well, when you want to give this fella a break and you see what comes in, mm. one week they're great mm. and one week they're not. You, you kind of struggle. The only one that's standing out with the. I just think Jota is perfect. Yeah, Jota is perfect to deputize. The problem with finding a goal goal scorer, Gav, it's not what you gain; it's what you lose. You know, goal yeah. scorers, and now when a goal scorer in, in this day and in modern football, as you know, and anyone, is almost a luxury. I think if Klopp wanted a goal scorer, he would have signed Obama Yang. Because Obama Yang. If he wanted, wanted a goal scorer, he, he would have kept Brewster. He would have kept Brewster. Pete. Yeah, or, but even before that, I think he would have signed Obama Yang. For me, nobody has a better relationship with that centre forward. I mean, Klopp practically made Obama Yang. So for me, I think Klopp would worry. You're probably right. It would be nice to have an out-and-out goal scorer, but it's what you lose, you know, energy-wise to the rest of the team. It's what I mean, I, I think Salah and Mane would see themselves as the principal source of Absolutely. our goals. And you you, obsessed that, you upset that balance a little bit and it kind of it upsets the way we play. Then all of a sudden, maybe an out-and-out goal scorer is accepting, expecting those lads to, to push a little bit wider, higher up the pitch, and to feed him in an orthodox way. I just think we lose... We lose a lot of what we do on the final tour, to be honest with you, because then you're shutting off channels to those two fullbacks that come off. Sometimes it can be as basic as that. But I, I get your point. I just think because Bobby doesn't play like a normal forward and vacates those areas, it just allows, you know, Salah and Mane to do to do that job, you know? It does. And look, I want to finish up on the game, lads. Um we get a second goal late on. It's a penalty. It's a, it's an outrageous ball with Trent to put in Mo Salah. He gets trod on on his foot. And as reports have started coming out, looks like he has to go for a scan on that. He did look in pain. Um, Gav, did, did you think Mo had a good impact when he came on? And was the penalty, you know, just at this stage, are you worried when Mo takes a penalty or do you is confident? Because I'm never confident looking at him taking that run. <laughs> that bastard never misses. It's the run-up, isn't it? But the only, yeah. the only thing I would say about him is when he runs up, it's the same run-up all the time. Yeah. You know, he's not alternate if he's going left or he's going right. He, yeah. It's the same yeah, run-up and then, and then he decides where he's putting it. And we've seen him put a top left. We've seen him put a bottom left, bottom right, top right, down the middle. We've seen him put him in all sorts of spots. So I think that I disregard the, the run up. I think the one thing about Mo Salah is, is that he picks where he's putting it. He decides how hard or how easy he's going to hit it. And he does that. 
And if the keeper saves it, fair enough, but most of the time they don't. Um, because as much as keepers study where players are going to go, if you have an exact same run-up and then you're just, you're changing the arch of your foot right on impact, you know, it's very hard for keepers to, to know where you're going because, you know, the way usually the little caption comes up on the on the screen where he's hit penalties has he scored has he not I'd say they're littered all over the, the goal for Mo Salah <laughs> yeah. just you know just just thinking back to the penalties he's taken some of being hard down the middle to the left to the right he's placed he, 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 he played a lovely one um, was it Arsenal last season and he just yeah, passed it on. passed yeah. it with pace into the stanchion like you know so that was, um, the, that, was the, that was the best one that was his best one yeah it was a great one and the, the thing is that yeah, was it was his worst yeah. penalty, but that that Egypt and goal didn't save it. Um, yeah. But the the thing about it is, listen, if you're telling me now he has to go for scan and an issue with Mo Salah, I'll just take the 1-0 and you don't have yeah. to take the penalty, you know. But um, the impact, I don't think him or Salah had a major impact when they come on. Um, I don't think Firmino had a major impact when he came on. We just had a better shape, I suppose. We looked a bit shaky. You know, that guy has that chance on 89, 90 minutes yeah. where he... Sends Joe Gomez for the he sends him to shop, and um, uh, McManaman on BT was giving him a hard time over his finish. I thought that the attempted finish was absolutely perfect. What he was trying to do, he just got it slightly wrong. He was saying he should have went with his other foot. I don't agree. He he, he done everything he could do with his left foot that he could have done with his right foot. He just he's just slightly off target. And we get away with one there, but um, no, he didn't have a major impact. It was a cold night. He didn't look like he really wanted to come on. Um, and I suppose all things being equal, and, and if we'd have, we'd have applied ourselves properly in the system and, and the way we wanted to play, they wouldn't have had to come on, you know. So, um, but look, it's a win. Um, hopefully, Salah just got stood on. He's coming off. He's literally he takes the penalties, so he's fine. You know what I mean? Um, he's probably just the adrenaline wears off a bit. Oh, that's a bit yeah. sore. But uh, Salah's Salah's a bit of a like Pete said earlier about Van Dijk. Salah's a bit of a warrior. And if he if if he if he has any chance of playing, he'll play for me because he's he's a hungry little fucker when it comes to yeah. goals, and he won't want to miss any games, you know. And he's a good record against West Ham. Yeah, remember. So he was on his, you know, he was on his feet dying to come on. You know, what yeah. I mean? when, when yeah. he's one of them, he wants to play, he wants to score. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a great habit to have. Listen, before we finish up, I just want to throw out those 570 and watching on 169 likes. If you like what we're doing, just hit that like button. We um, It helps the show, it helps us grow, it helps everything, and it doesn't cost anything. So if you like what we do, just hit the like button. And it, as I said, it really helps us out. Lads, I wanna, I'll want i come to Grizz. Reese Williams, Um, before we pick a man of the match, how do you think he grew into the game? Were you impressed? Was it... Was it one that I know we've touched on him earlier, but overall, his overall performance, were you happy with it? Yeah, neat, tidy. Um, looks like a good reader of the game. Obviously, will grow. Um, he needs to put on some muscle. But then look at Matip. It didn't do him bad throughout his career, not putting on muscle. So, yeah. But uh, he looks like a very athletic type of defender. Um, I do think he likes to go to ground. A bit, a bit too quick, but that's just being me, you know, nitpicking on the on the kid. Overall, I think he's got the confidence. He's got, he's got, um, he's got, he's got great height, the physical attributes. Today looks like a good passer. Yeah, neat and tidy, done all the things. He's looking to keep the ball in play as well. So when a defender is looking to clear the ball, some defenders you get, you can tell from a very young age what kind of centre back they are, and. Um, but this kid looks to sort of set play with his clearances, if you know what I mean. A la Virgil. You can see he's modelled his game on Virgil, but, you know, early days. 
As MP, what about yourself? Were you impressed with his performance? Yeah, I was impressed with you know a young kid like that that comes in at the stage. He hasn't let us down. As Grizz said, I completely agree with him. Um, he read it well, and he looks to do something constructive. You know, he's not looking to throw his foot through it. I think diving in is, is normal, you know, for that yeah. mindset. You you, you want to make a difference. You want to you be, you know, you want to be that hero in that moment. But he'll learn the value of standing up, to be honest, as he gets older. Virgil van Dijk never goes to ground. Never, you know, but he's a long way to go before he's in that class. But signs on that he can, yeah, he can do well. Yeah. And Gav, do you agree with Grizz's comparison to that he's just like Matip, like compared them to Leighton Wars Gummage is the best comparison that we want? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he's, he has more traits about him uh, of Van Dyke than he does of Matip. Um, yeah. Genuinely. Mm. Um, the way he passes the ball, he looks very like Van Dyke. Mm. He, he's very good reader of the game. And Chris is not shaking his head. Watch the way he passes the ball. He, he, he doesn't play sh- long balls like Virgil. <laughs> no, but he's, he's but listen, he he's a young, magic. he's a young, yeah, but listen, come in and tell you, Virgil van Dijk wasn't probably playing balls at that age as well. You know, what I'm saying is he has traits like him. And what I mean by that is, is that Peter says there, Virgil van Dijk very rarely goes to ground. You know, that comes with experience. You know, Virgil van Dijk was probably diving into challenges, at, uh, you know, eight, ten years ago when he was this lad's age. What I would say about him is, and I noticed tonight was, mm. very good in the air, strong in the air, committed. When he's going for it, he's going for it. You know, the kind of way, knew when to go with a striker and push him hard, knew when to step off, always aware of what was around him, held the line very well, covered covered well as well. And, and I think it's a testament to him that um, Mitchell Antony identified Gomez and, and probably Robertson as the weaker area, simply because... One, they didn't want to go down near Trent because if Trent gets hold of it and breaks on you, you're in trouble. Um, especially when Salah comes on. And two, Gomez is lacking in confidence. You know, there was one down the side there earlier. Gomez has your man, no problem. And instead of just letting it run past and play it back to Allison, he tries to clip her on the volley to mm. to Robertson and it hits the other the, the opposition player and the, other, the opposition player gets mm. possession. That's a lack of confidence. You know, or trying to be overconfident or trying to mask something. Um but no, listen, Reese Williams is very, very young. He came on against Ajax last week and done all right. He plays 60 minutes tonight. And I didn't at any stage think, oh, fucking hell, no, like this, this young for his elvis depth. Not for one second. Not for one second. Yeah, it was a great, totally great performance by him. And Grace, do you have anything else to add on it before we uh, finish no, up no. on him? No, no. Are you all happy? Yeah, yeah. Because then Gav's going to want to rebut to that. We, you know, me and Gav go on all night. We do yeah, it afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, good yeah, point. Yeah. Good. We point. should charge. We should charge people fourteen ninety five to watch us from half eleven to half twelve. Yeah, oh, yeah. It gets Fox X-rayed. It yeah. gets, no, no, it gets X-rayed, man. I reckon Fox. Sky could pick it up to you. Yeah, well, they're charging you for everything else, are not they? Ah, well, listen, I think it's fourteen ninety five is worth more than fucking yeah. West Brom against Brighton or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Start taking no disrespect to them. No disrespect to West Brom and Brighton. Full mm. disrespect to Sky. Um, lads, I'm going to come to you for a man of the match. Peter, who did you think was the best player tonight? Trent by about seven miles. You know, just the, 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 the spot, it, it always stands out for me when a player, even when things are going bad, consistently does, tries to do the right things. You know, his, his passing remains immaculate. You know, when it's time to buckle in and you can't do the, the nice things you'd like to do when you're under a little bit of pressure, he talks in, done his, does his job. I think he's improving defensively. 
Um, his communication is getting better. He's not getting caught in behind it like he used to all the time. I just don't think there's any other candidates really to be a bar Jota in the second half. I just think Trent for me is more ahead of us. Yep. And Grizz, what about yourself? Mm, yeah. It's got to be uh, Trent. I thought I thought he was immaculate. Finally, we's woke up and we've got the Trent that we, you know, we love and adore. The Scouts are in our team. Very true, very true. And Gav, I'm sure this is a full house, is it? It is a full house, yeah. Um, he looked the most dangerous attacker in the first half um, as a right-back. He was very, very solid defensively. Um, even from balls coming from the left, he was covering very well. Um, one in particular on, at the back post where he hooks it away and it was a good, good ball in. But going forward, you know, he has that ball for Salah. He's involved in the goal um, with Shaqiri. And... The pass he hits in the first half, I'm at the being just seeing on Twitter and it's fucking outrageous. I, yeah. I genuinely just laughed. You know, when you sit back in the sofa and just laugh and just like it just cut, popped up to him. It's, I, it's, I just it's three and a half feet. It's three and a half feet in the air and he just hits this 50, 60 yard pass across the pitch onto Robertson's foot. As if, Do you know what it is, Lance? It was, you know just, what? It's, it's madness what he does. No, no, it's, it's one of those passes that it makes you want to go out and like, if we all lived close to each other, you know, and just knock for each other, let's just go and try that in the park. You know, let's just have a kickabout in the park. Mm. It just makes you feel, you know, good about football and life and you want to try to do that. Well, I could, but, you know, I yeah, worry about yeah. you guys. Yeah, that's true. Very, very fair point. <laughs> yeah. At nil all, when, when in a game that you're struggling in as a team and it doesn't look like, you, you know, you're going to you're gonna score in the next half an hour, he's just doing things like that. That's for me, it's difficult. It's you know what it is when it's off the cuff. I think Trent's at his best. You know, if you, I think if you put, I think if you, I think if you put Trent in a position down the right hand side and just hit twenty balls at him and just, you know, if a match was one of those where it just kept being fed to him, fed to him, fed to him, and he was looking to put balls in the box, he might get four or five out of that twenty. But if you said to him, oh, at some stage the ball's going to come to you on the right hand side and it needs to happen, I think it would happen. I think when it's off the cuff and it just has mm. to happen, I think that's where Trent's at his absolute best. I think he was, um, I think he was very, very good. Uh, yeah, he really was. He was sensational tonight. I'd back that up as well, you know. With the- Oh, I'd put him as the man of the match as well, definitely. Um, so we'll finish up there. And anyway, lads, uh, I want to thank you all for joining me tonight. Um, unless you, does anyone else have anything you want to talk about now? Um, Maverick congratulates us on 6,000 plus subs. Oh, yeah. He remembers when it was just him on YouTube and a handful from Periscope. I remember that as well, Maverick. Um, and Maverick, great. Maverick and loads more have stuck with us since, since early on. Our next target isn't 7,000, it's 10,000. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to do yeah. is, if you're watching and you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button. If you're already subscribed, tell your mates. There's no way you don't have mates that, you know, don't watch YouTube or aren't in the Liverpool. Um, you know, everyone has mates. Don't believe what some people tell you. Get them on. Get them to watch. <laughs> Listen, tell you what. We make a deal, right? Subscribe for a week, right? And watch a full week of content of this. And if you don't like it, unsubscribe. Very simple. But I can guarantee you, if you subscribe to this and you watch it for a week, it's not going to cost you anything. You're going to get notifications when we go live. There's a great variety of people on it. Uh, comments, topics, arguments, uh, football talk, everything on it. Um, you know, the, the, there's the people that are on it, they've great personalities. They're, they're a bit mental, um, to be perfectly honest with you. But you'll enjoy it. And even if you went and 
spoke to the 6,000 subscribers that we have, they'll tell you, yeah, it's good. They know what they're talking about to a certain point because we're not professionals. And, but they're, they're passionate about it. Uh, subscribe. You won't unsubscribe. That's, that's my opinion. I think if you subscribe to this, um, I don't think yeah. you would unsubscribe. That's, uh, we're fairly confident of that. Um, not blowing our own trumpet, but we're putting in, I think we're putting in enough work across the board and enough commitment to this that if you do subscribe, I think you'd feel that you wouldn't, um, you wouldn't unsubscribe. That's my, just my opinion. Here, here. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Um, and also, you know, it's a great chat room as well that those be going Brilliant. on for all the shows. You know, it's, we've, Gav has said this numerous times. It drives a lot of the, the show, a lot of the content on the shows. You know, we look at the, we look at the comments and we, we try and drive the, the narrative through them as much as possible. Gav more so than me now must be said. I'm brutal at it. But, we do look at it and we do take it all in. So it, it really is, you know, subscribe, give it a go. You, you just won't regret it. Um, we just, mm. like, like I said, we just try our best. We we get as many people on. We try to get as many views as we can. And that's what we do. And if you like it, spread the word and get more of them up. Get us to 10,000. Eganito says you're back tomorrow night. Well, to, what day is today? Today's Tuesday. Tuesday. So Wednesday and Thursday is fairly quiet for us because our midweek show is being put to Tuesday. Um, we'll be back on Friday, but you never know. We could just pop up with something Wednesday or Thursday if anything yeah. comes up. Listen, another thing before we go, before Grizz falls asleep. Um, <laughs> our Flick Sport app, right? I've ordered yeah. my Uber, man. Hurry up. Uh, where are you going? I've ordered Uber Eats. Oh, what did you get? Tell us before <laughs> I tell the lads what's going on. No, just very standard. Very standard today. Half chicken with uh, with peri-peri rice. Salad and garlic meal. Nice. Is that, you're is that half nice. chicken with what? Very is standard, that, I say. Is that Indian, is it? Uh, Very fair. No. I've got to explain this to Gareth. Is this what is Indian? it? Oh, West Indian. No, it's West Indian. Peri Peri. It's just, yeah, it's Peri Peri. It's, it's, it's grilled ah, chicken, Gareth. It's just Nando's, isn't it? For fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. Nando's. Oh, Nando's. Yeah, yeah, Nando's. Yeah. Is that Indian? Asked, is that Indian? Listeners, viewers, having a fucking clear. I don't know. I've never had an Indian. Someone needs to educate Gareth. Different thing. In uh, food, mate, I don't everything Indian for a Rogan Josh. Thank you for a oh, Rogan Josh. I'm not going. Not the dodgy Kips that Grizz does. I've seen you in London, Grizz. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm waiting, mate. I'm waiting, mate. Grizz's favorite Indian field is in Dublin, for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, the Flixport app. So the Flixport app is very simple. Android and yeah. iPhone or Apple, whatever you want to call it. Go to Flixport uh, app, download it. It'll ask you to enter a group, enter a group and type in Trippers Chats. You get into all the Liverpool, loads of Liverpool fans, including people that are on here. And listen, if there's anything you want us to talk about, you put it in there. We could pick it. We could pick something up tomorrow and go, that's good. Do you want to do that Thursday? Yeah, let's do that Thursday because we yeah. do try to get on as many nights of the week. We've set ourselves, we've set ourselves four shows minimum per week. But if we come across anything like, you know, the transfer stuff, we are on all the bleeding time. But if we come across something and go, that's really interesting. And me and Chris can have a row about it. We'll most definitely make the effort to come on. So, um, yeah, get in there and, uh, try, Kieran Jervis's Gav's come down with me. Could you imagine? My come down with me would be like a bag of chips, right? Yeah. A big, huge mound of chips on a plate in the middle of the thing and just like a choice of red sauce garlic sauce and maybe a taco mayonnaise and um, I'd be expecting between 8 and 10 out of 10 from my guests and so, ask your um, bollocks if they think they're getting a fork off you use your hands yeah. we could do we could do a big lovely we could do a lovely big chat maybe on Thursday 
Lovely big yeah. random chat. People love them. Um, we'll see. Over and over eats. Over eats. Oh, there was there was a there was a few arguments today that I could bring up on um, a, a big random chat. But uh, listen, oh the whiskey, uh, the, get the whiskey. Yeah, there won't there won't be there won't be a show tomorrow. But if we can sort something, there's definitely one Friday. But if we can sort something else for Thursday, we'll try our best. Can't have a show it. with an argument without Philip Casey on it. You had to get Phil on. The fellow would argue the color is shy. Today it was whiskey yeah. versus bourbon. Let's get a random show on. Nothing to do with Liverpool. Nothing to do with football. Just. What the definition of whiskey versus bourbon starring Philip Casey? I'm, I'm a, the man was on fire today. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a complete psychopath for them. <laughs> yeah, um, but look, uh, we'll do our best to get as much content as we can, and even if we can't get an extra show in, we'll still have what at least four shows a week. So yeah, absolutely, good stuff. And anyway, but um, look, lads enough of this uh, thanks for joining me tonight Peter all the way from sunny Spain thank you very much legendary boys great to see you all good stuff Grizz Khan 142 was it 142 142 not out not out are we a boulder no I was out in the end run out, out. Oh, as you do <laughs> you could have fell over one, not Ill. <laughs> fell over <laughs> at midwicket whatever got a stitch a stitch on a belt of harp slipped on a on a dodgy wicket yeah, <laughs> see the crease. There was too much, uh, yeah, too much on the crease. On the crease yeah. See, guys, I could carry on with this conversation, but I sense you're doing it on purpose because my food's nearly on the way. Right, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna slip out of this conversation. I'm gonna stay here. We're gonna stay at one o'clock in the morning watching you try to eat a half chicken, cold, bomb, yeah. stone cold. <laughs> but we let Grizzy. You can't leave a man like Grizz going hungry. Gav, thanks very much for joining us tonight. You know, it's it's unusual for you to have to join us. You're usually the host, but mm. pleasure having you on the other side of the seat. It was great. I'm going off for a crisp sandwich. That's how it Stefan's was. on that as well. He's on yeah. the Tato Sambos as well. So that's the, the, the food of kings at this hour. I might have one myself. Yeah. Um, listen, we've been the day trippers. This has been your midweek fix. And we'll see us all again on Friday. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.